Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by Trusty Lads. Tonight, we'll read the next part to The Secret Garden, a novel by Frances Hodgson Burnett, published in 1911. Set in England, it is now one of Burnett's most popular novels and seen as a classic of English children's literature. If you'd like to listen to this story's episodes easily in order, go to snoozecast.com slash series. In the last episode, Mary interrogates old Ben Weatherstaff about gardening, and in particular, the care of roses. We will pick up just after she stumbles upon Dickon, who is charming the woodland creatures with his flute. your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep that somehow she had known at first sight that this strange boy in the wood was Dickon. Who else could have been charming rabbits and pheasants as the Indians charm snakes? He had a wide, red, curving mouth 
and his smile spread all over his face. But Mary knew nothing about boys, and she spoke to him a little stiffly because she felt rather shy. Did you get Martha's letter? She asked. He nodded his curly, rust-colored head. That's why I come. I've got the gardening tools. There's a little spade and a rake and a fork and a hoe. And they're good ones, too. There's a trowel, too. And the woman in the shop threw in a packet of white poppy and one of blue larkspur, and I bought the other seeds. Will you show the seeds to me? Mary said. She wished she could talk as he did. His speech was so quick and easy. It sounded as if he liked her and was not the least afraid she would not like him, though he was only a common moor boy. As she came closer to him, she noticed that there was a clean, fresh scent of heather and grass and leaves about him, almost as if he were made of them. She liked it very much, and when she looked into his funny face with the red cheeks and round blue eyes, she forgot that she had felt shy. Let us sit down on this log and look at them, she said. They sat down, and he took a clumsy little brown paper package out of his coat pocket. He untied the string, and inside there were ever so many neater and smaller packages, with a picture of a flower on each one. There's a lot of mignonette and poppies, he said. Mignonette's the sweetest smelling thing as grows, and it'll grow wherever you cast it, same as poppies will. Them as'll come up and bloom if you just whistle to them. Them's the nicest of all. He stopped and turned his head quickly, his poppy-cheeked face lighting up. Where's that robin as is calling us? He said. The chirp came from a thick holly bush, bright with scarlet berries, and Mary thought she knew whose it was. Is it really calling us? She asked. Aye, said Dickon, as if it was the most natural thing in the world. He's calling someone he's friends with. That same as saying, Here I am, look at me. I wants a bit of a chat. There he is in the bush. Whose is he? He's Ben Weatherstaff's, but I think he knows me a little, answered Mary. Aye, he knows thee, said Dickon in his low voice again.